Welcome back to the Refuge Project Podcast. Welcome back. I know we have a, a great show for us uh, today. We have a, a couple of news items, and then we have a just a tremendous, tremendous interview uh, with one of our own here at Elam Church, Nikki Del Reyes. Yeah. We're looking forward to that interview coming up here in a little bit. Before we get over to this interview, let's head over to the Culture Corner. James, what do you have for us today? Okay, so the news thing that I got today was I was reading an article. I know we've talked about Elon Musk a bunch, but the dude's in the news a lot. Cause, I know, because he's awesome. Yeah, he's doing cool stuff all the time. So anyway, it was talking about him trying to go to Mars, of course, and colonizing Mars. And it was mm. all about how, like, all the difficulties that would, uh, that, a, you know, colonizing Mars would, all the challenges you're going to face. And, uh, I mean, there is a lot of challenges, obviously. Obviously, we got to uh, get there first. <laughs> yeah. Well, so he's working on, I can't remember the name of the spaceship, but it's like a cargo ship that uh, is supposed to be able to take stuff there and back and uh, then eventually people. And so they're like working on that right now. Um, the whole article, it was mostly about money, though. So it was talking about how much it was going to actually cost to colonize another planet, which is like a ridiculous it was crazy. Anyway. So did he say how much? Well, so they wouldn't say an actual number, but they just said like, so that spaceship that I just mentioned, it was like, I think they said it was like 5 billion or so to develop that. And that was just one. And they need like a fleet of them and it's not wow. done. <laughs> and that's just like one thing that wow. they need. And it was, it was pretty crazy. But I was thinking like, assuming they actually make this happen, who's, who's going and living on Mars? Who are you going? Am I going? Is it rich people? Is it like people we don't want on earth? Who, who are they? Who's going to Mars? Flat Mars. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If you haven't been listening to our podcast, back up and listen to episode like one, two, and three, and you'll get that. Uh, Listen, I don't know. Both of y'all already said that y'all would take rides on, on, uh, UFOs. Yeah, I'd go. So, I mean, I think Mars is probably better than that, right? Yeah. Less probes. But can we can we afford it? Can I, it, you know, they go, is it just going to be like millionaire, bazillionaires taking holidays or who's did, going? Did they say how long it would take to get there? They didn't mention it, but I've heard in like other things, it's like a few years or more. To get to Mars, because you have to like fly to the moon and then stop yeah, at the moon, like yeah. refuel or something, and then go to Mars or something like that. Yeah, it took. I think I want to say it was like three to five years, something like that. It was like a, enough time to where it's a, some serious time, but doable. Like you could do it in a lifetime. So, like the first few are going to be like pretty much one way, one way trips, right? Probably for sure. And I, I don't know, man. I think that they're going to have to take whoever will go. Yeah, and who's like, going? Like whoever can repopulate while they're there. You know, what's crazy is you'd want somebody like Elon Musk going like those are the people I would want. Oh, yeah. You have to have those smart the people there in case but it like, breaks down. Be there's like, only okay, like dude. one or two of those people that exist, you know. So. Right. I don't know. It's like whoever, whoever invented this rocket, like, no, nah, I'm staying here. You're like, no, nah, I'm not getting <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> are you going? Who's going to be the first missionary to Mars? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Damon. they're all going to be coming back from Africa to go to Mars. That's funny. Hey, I don't know. The more and more we talk about it, the more it's going to come to reality though. That's the, that's the crazy part about it. So the rest of the article was just talking about like, how do you make money once you go to Mars? Cause all these people that are going to fund the trip, uh, 
they got to see return on their investment. They're giving millions and billions of dollars to these SpaceX projects and stuff. They got to get their money back eventually. So how are they going to do that? So then the whole article was like, how do you make money on Mars? And it wasn't looking too promising was basically yeah. the article. I guess that like uh, money coming from different investors or like Coca-Cola put their name on the side of the rocket or, you know, different things like that. It was, I mean, that's going to have to get a lot of their money. Yeah, it was crazy. And they, and the whole time they keep referencing, um, they keep comparing colonizing Mars, just like people colonized the U S back in the 1700s. And that worked. Yeah. And so then anyway, so they keep using like positive things from it. They're like, well, this is how they did it. So we could do it in a similar way. And then you have the other half, the people that are like, yeah, but it was really bad the way they did it. They did, they did genocides and this and that, and they brought over slaves and da, da, da. And then they say all that stuff too. It was just a weird. Argument. So what happens <laughs> when we get to Mars and there's going to be aliens there with lasers and stuff and nobody ever comes. Well, that back. was the other thing. The guys say, they say, well, you know, there's not a native population on Mars. So we don't have that. To you know, about of. That. Yeah, that they know of. Right. Anyway. And we're halfway there because I just seen uh, something just a few days ago where David Blaine, Went twenty eight thousand feet. Oh, did on he balloons? do it? With the, he did yeah. it. I saw about it and I didn't see it. So yeah, he did. Check it, it out. Yeah, he it, did. They it. didn't pop on him. Or no, nothing? they didn't pop. And that he, guy's always been doing crazy things. He parachuted it out. It was, it was kind of cool. I mean, kind of lame, but kind of cool at the same time that somebody would do it. <laughs> the dude's know? like risking his life holding yeah. on the balloons. They, they had. Yeah, his, it was kind of lame. They had his little girl going on, you know, on the microphone going, "Daddy, are you okay?" And I'm just like, "Okay, now you're putting the drama in it for me." But hey. The anyway. guy has, you know, uh, some, you know, what's to to go all the way up there in the balloons. You know, mm-hmm. CGI, I really think, ruined a whole lot of things. Like, you know, whenever, like, Jesus comes back and how it says he's going to come back with a cloud and just trumpets and everything. And just we're just so kind of, you know, desensitized to at looking at fantastic things on screen. Right. You know, and you're like, oh, that's that's cool. It's not as cool as the last Star Wars, Jesus. <laughs> No, right. no, the last Star Wars was kind of trash. But it did look cool. The CG was beautiful. It looked yeah. good. All right, Caesar, what you got? Well, in the uh, in the uh, scheme still staying of entertainment here and CG, fantastic CG, I might add. Uh, at the time of this recording, um, some tragic news hit us last week with uh, Chadwick Bosman. Bosman. Oh, yeah. um, in case you don't know, you've been living under a rock. Um, he was the Black Panther. Yep. Right, uh, fantastic movie. Probably my favorite Marvel origin story. It was should have seen it. You haven't seen it? No. Wow. It's, well, it's good. A, it, I think it doesn't live up to the hype. It's definitely good, and it's worth seeing. If you watch the Marvel stuff, watch it. I've only seen one superhero movie. Oh uh, well, then you don't need to watch it. Other anymore. than like the original, like uh, Batman way back in 1980, or was Superman mm-hmm. whatever. And it was the one about the, the the superhero girl or whatever, and it was like super that's, lame. That's your first mistake. Yeah, yeah. and then I, I fell asleep and all that stuff. So. Not that girls. Wait, can the one, um, the one with, dang it, what's the girl's name? Captain Marvel was it? Captain Marvel, the one everybody uh, was talking Larson, trash about. Larson. I don't remember because I was asleep. You don't even remember? Oh, okay. Brie Larson. I, hey, don't watch it anymore. It if was, you haven't watched any, mm-mm. just don't even get into nah, it. No, I'm not because in once you watch. Seven or eight of them. Well, now you got to hear the whole story, right? Yeah, there's and like so 19 that, of them. No, yeah, now I, I 20 have them movies all. later. Like we have them all at the house. And, uh, 
But it was my son's birthday, and all he got all of his little buddies. So I was like chaperone, and I was just like, "Sure, I'll pay nine bucks for a nap any day." Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm over them. I I used to be super into it. The first started coming out, I was like, "Oh, these are cool." And oh, look, they're using this movie story with this movie story, and now that character's appearing. That's cool, yeah. And then yeah, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen movies later, I'm just like, okay, this. When's the story going to wrap up? This it, is getting a little too it's much. It's a cinematic universe. And now it's like I have to watch the next one because I'm already. And we haven't seen anything like it. So regardless of what your opinion anyway, is. So stay out of it if you're out. Just regardless of what your opinion is. Uh, uh, the first Black Panther movie grossed $1.3 billion in the Ooh. box office. It was a big one. That is a gigantic success. Uh, so. Yeah, we'll let the numbers speak for themselves on that. Not that numbers mean good art or anything like yeah. that, but it was a very, very popular uh, uh, movie, to say the least. So now with his passing, um, that leaves a big chasm there. Uh, who they're going to cast, what are they going to do, should they even continue. So this story that I was reading... Um, it was just kind of talking about that. Uh, they're going to have uh, the, the studio heads are going to have a conversation about how to proceed uh, from this point. He was uh, he was bigger than the than the superhero himself. So before you go, did, wasn't they already shooting another one? And they were he was already shooting it, and now they're they're having to like pivot to figure out what they're going to do. So according to the story, this the the second. Uh, Black Panther movie is scheduled to come out in 2022, right? So what they're going to have to end up doing is they're going to have to write them out of the story. So what they're talking about is who they're going to cast as next. And, and they said that they're going to cast his sister, but you know, you, you didn't watch the movie, so you don't know what I'm talking about there. Right. Um, Suri, Shuri, Suri, I think it was. Anyway, you Marvel heads, go ahead and hashtag. <laughs> that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But... Um, <laughs> I thought, yeah, sure. He, <laughs> yeah, sure I think is how they said her name, or at least that's how it's spelled. But it's very, very interesting to see this story develop. So much money, so much, um, um, really, just so much notoriety came from the Black Panther, whether or not uh, you know you agree with the social movement of what it has done. Uh, again, it's a, it's not an issue really that I'm talking about today, but it really, really did a lot for, um, it, it was a social movement. Right. And it was, sure. it, it was very, it, it, it painted the African American, American community in a, in a light that uh, just mainstream America hasn't seen in a long time. Um, I'll it, leave it at there. It was good for the culture, I think. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Just to see, instead of seeing these, uh, you know, just, uh, rappers talking about guns, girls, drugs, and death, and all this kind of stuff, you see them as kings. And, and so, you know, just the, the image is very, very positive. So, um, yeah, we'll bring you more on this story as it develops. But, uh, but yeah, just uh, thought it was uh, relevant to the time. Yeah, for sure. I got two quick things and I forgot about this one, but I definitely want to shine some light on Lauren Daigle. Her, her song, You Say, has been at the uh, 100 weeks at number one. Wow. 100 weeks at number one on uh, the Billboard charts, the Christian side. But it was also like on uh, the Billboard's top 200 mm-hmm. uh, for all genres for a, a really long, a long time, too. So. Uh, 100 weeks and she's still going. She said some really cool things um, about, you know, uh, when I was a little girl, I would dream about moments like this. 
Uh, upon hearing the news, I called my family and we laughed, we cried, we made jokes, we celebrated, and I'm honored and wanted to thank all the people involved in, in achieving this ac- accomplishment. Yeah. Man, it's just a tremendous song, and and and, and you're starting to see, uh, especially a lot of the women that are doing Christian positive type music. You're hearing them come out in in commercials and and uh, you're representing different products and stuff. So I think it's uh, it's been a pretty cool movement that that we've seen on some of the the Christian uh, songs and stuff. So I thought that was cool. I just wanted to bring that up, and then. For mine, listen, I don't know how old y'all are, but there's one Blockbuster left. And if you don't know what Blockbuster is, it's when you actually would go into a store and you would get these things called VHSs. Right, right. And you you would take it home and it would have a big sticker that says, be kind and rewind. Rewind. Right? And they would charge you if you did it. Yeah, they would charge you like 50 cents if you didn't rewind the tape. There's one left in like Idaho or Iowa or something like that. Um, and I think it's probably about to go out of business too. So they're, they're, they're doing some stuff, but they've, they've put it on Airbnb where you can go and stay at this blockbuster in the oh, middle of the cool. store. They carved out this living room and you can just re- go around and watch all the standard definition movies that you want from 1990. They won't have the one you want. No, no. <laughs> it would just be the sleeve. It would be Black Panther I don't want to watch. <laughs> That's a great idea. Whoever thought to do that, yeah. props to you. I mean, I can see you can go in there. You're like, you know, we were watching a video earlier of uh, this hilarious video of the, this guy in these short shorts doing aerobics with Jesus or something <laughs> yes, like that. And uh, But I think that was just a, a, a cool idea. Throw it back. Did they you know? say how much it costs? Nah, I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't actually click Gotta on. Got to be expensive. It, uh, it say while uh, movie rental will cost you three ninety nine for just pennies more, you can book one of these stays for four dollars plus tax and fees. Mm. So the fees are probably three hundred bucks. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's, it's a. I mean, a cool little retro couch that they have. It looks like it's like dirty from like 30 years of, you know, <laughs> it's like it's family use and stuff like that. Original uh, furniture. Yeah. Original furniture. And then like these big tube TVs or whatever. But I think it would be cool, man, if you're in that area and you want to stop and chill out and just kind of take your, your hard pass, <laughs> take your teenagers <laughs> and let them know what a standard definition movie looks like. Back in my day. Right. That would still be cool though. Cause I mean, look at that place. That's, it's a cool, it would just be a cool place to go stay. And then you, I don't know. I would do it, but you know what? But, not if it was too retro expensive. is completely in yeah right sure. oh yeah for it, sure. it's complete i was talking to to a, a young a younger person uh, a couple weeks ago and they said man i just went to this i just went to this warehouse where this vintage warehouse and, so and vintage. i got three three shirts for 30 bucks and i just look at them just That's how much shirt should cost right 10 bucks a shirt used shirts oh no no, no. Yeah, maybe not used <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but they're like retro. They they brand them as retro or vintage, you know, concert tees that mm-hmm. have been worn before. That if a couple of years back that you would go to Goodwill and they, they you'd, you'd buy a whole heap of them for fifty cents. Mm-hmm. Now they're selling for ten, twenty. Well, 30, if it's 40. a concert tee, yeah, that's been that's a thing because yeah. that's like getting uh, I don't know, that's like paying a lot of money for a drumstick because it was used by some famous. But they're not all something. concert tees, so it, it might yeah. sell. Yeah, I mean, if you want to check it out, news.airbnb.com. 
and uh, just look up at the the blockbuster. And if you do that, apparently you have money to throw away. So why don't you just come throw some in my direction? <laughs> hey, it's only four dollars <laughs> plus tax and fees. I, I'm He's so against that, this. That'll make you four four dollars richer. Yeah, his parents probably like whipped him with the VHS <laughs> yeah, or something because he's not like cool at blockbuster. No, Caesar all. probably never returned his videos. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. He has like outstanding. And st- yeah. <laughs> See, I'm not old, but I'm not young either. I'm in that weird space right now. So I remember going to Blockbuster oh, yeah. and I had my own membership card. That's when everything was like, it's like, I made it in life. I have a Blockbuster card. Right. So, I mean, it's cool and everything, but it's just, nah. No, no. Okay. All right. We'll keep moving along. Hey, them some great stories. Great stories. Great stories. Um, hey, listen, I'm excited about the next portion of the, the podcast today. We just got a tremendous, tremendous interview like we was talking about er, uh, earlier. Nikki Delareyes. Hi. Hey, girl. How you doing? having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Um, you know, I was talking to her earlier. I said, has anybody talked to you about anything? She was just like, no. I said, don't be nervous. Just let it be super organic. (laughs) Everything's cool. We're all friends here. I'm like super privileged to have you here. You know, I I can remember back when you was just a girl, you know, uh, and I would get, I was actually her youth pastor back then. And, and I would get these like random, like, text messages there in the day a pastor they're talking about this in school what do I say and I'm just like oh then the pressure's on me to like I was in the meeting one time and I was just like all right, I gotta step out I have to use the restroom (laughs) and over there texting my youth you know answers what I thought (laughs) Uh, what I thought and uh, so I thought it was really really cool to now see it come full circle her uh, being in ministry herself traveling the world and those type of things so Welcome. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Let's just get into some like easy stuff. Like, who who was Nikki in eighth grade? Oh my gosh! You really have to start with eighth grade, though. (laughs) That's like the worst. She believed in flat earth. (laughs) Yeah, right. Or just like when you was younger, who was you, and who did you think you wanted to be? Honestly, actually, it's really funny that you ask me who's Nikki in eighth grade because like seventh grade, eighth grade was actually like the one year of my entire life where I was like quiet and shy and like I had just moved to Elam which is like kind of like yeah around that time and I was just like I don't want to talk to anybody I'm just going to be in the back like I went to youth and I was like I'm scared everyone's way older than me like I just kind of just stayed back there but literally like every other year of my life when I was younger and now super like I don't know talkative and just honestly sometimes I'm kind of annoying you know like obnoxious <laughs> like ah, Nikki, ah. like in all the pictures like if you go on Facebook because yes I was 12 years old in eighth grade and got a Facebook I'm like one of those kids because I heard I was working with some someone who was like in her late 20s and she was like oh those annoying like eighth graders who got Facebook right when I got to college because you could only have Facebook if you were in college but mm-hmm. Anyways, I got it when I was 12. Um, but like all the pictures of me are like, it's just like a, a group of like people. And I'm just like in the front, like with my hands out, like, look at me. And I'm just like, ew, Nikki, stop. But um, I mean, I don't know. I Who who what was your question? Who who was yeah, I? Like, who who was I? you? Like what would people say Nikki was in seventh, eighth grade? I don't know. Probably that girl who who has a camera that like long, that like. Long-haired Mexican chick who carries a camera and like take pictures of everything. I described you like that last week. Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> like I, I, I think that like that that grade level is just really really tough, right? Because other kids are mean. Your 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 body's changing. Your oh, yeah. your thought process is changing. Especially for boys, they forget yeah. to put on a 
deodorant and all yeah, that. Yeah, the white stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. And they, yeah and they have and they haven't grown into their face yet, so they yeah. look all kind of you know like anamorphs. I was the weird, <laughs> I was the weird uh, hairy kid. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was a kid that was shaving his mustache in junior high still, and most of the other kids. Right, shaving it like James. You cannot go to first period until you shave, and yeah. they give you these like cheap fifteen cent shave, yeah, shavers no. with no like. Uh, cream I, I went the longest time without shaving though, because what they say is you know once you start shaving, then you gotta shave all the time. So I had like the dumbest little fuzzy <laughs> oh, peach no. fuzzy mustache for so long because no. I was just like ah, I don't want to shave it, and then start shaving every Disgusting. week. Right, right, yeah. exactly. It was ridiculous. That was right. another get to know you question. If your house was on fire. What are the two things that you would grab? Roy, my cat. Mm, cats. I wouldn't even think about it. Roy, first thing. I wouldn't even think about like, it I either. just grab him and go. <laughs> you don't think Roy would already be outside? <sighs> I don't know. Okay, right. if it's not like uh, let's <laughs> not, not a living thing. Not a living thing, yes. Because you would like try to get your yeah, parents or something, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. No, she, oh. picked, she went straight she for the cat. cat first. <laughs> it, it cannot be sentient. <laughs> Okay, um, I like I know what that word means. Assuming living, um, something like that. Uh, I don't know. Probably okay. So I feel like most people would say pictures, or I don't know, maybe like a very important journal or something. Oh, mm, yeah, things that are irreplaceable. Like I'm thinking like camera, guitar, piano. But like I can buy you know. Those. She's like carrying a piano out on her back. <laughs> <I gotta go. laughs> Playing my tunes on my way out. Yeah, no, probably. Yeah, probably pictures like hard, hard copy pictures. The ones that aren't stored on the cloud. Yeah, because I'm okay. I'm not like ten years old. People like Caesar's age. Like, oh, you know those those little ones, vintage T-shirts and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely had those pictures. So yeah, stuff like that. Pictures. I don't know. I mean, what would you? What would you bring? Laptop. Mm. I'm grabbing my laptop because there's so much stuff in here that I've already done. Yeah. I mean, and of course, most of it is in the cloud, but I wouldn't want to have to start start over <gasps> oh, on a laptop. No, you know I, I got a bunch yeah. of stuff on hard drives. Hard yeah, drive. Hard I was going to say that. I, I would I would grab drive. a hard drive. I actually, I mean, we might talk about this later, but um, when Corona happened, I was overseas in Asia, and I didn't really have time to, to pack up my stuff, like everything that I had over there. And so I left uh, my hard drive oh. there that had all of a lot of pictures that I'd taken. A lot of pictures I'd taken there. I had just put mm. on my hard drive. I didn't bring my laptop either that was over there. So all that stuff is gone. So I I just bought a new hard drive. So I'd probably grab that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> my, my computer bag, I would take it because it has everything, like hard drives, you know, every, all that stuff on it. But all right. That's the only kind of silly questions I want to ask. We kind of break the ice a little bit. Uh, like I said, you know, Nikki's been around Elam for what seventh, eighth grade, something like that. Almost you, you kind of yeah. tell us your background, uh, kind of like your faith background. Yeah. Um, so I, I uh, actually I use this thing all the time, and you're the one who I oh I first heard it from Pastor David. Uh, drug baby, I was yeah, a drug baby. Was a drug baby. Drug to church all mm-hmm. the time. Dragged, around, grammatically correct. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, my grandpa was a pastor. Um, everybody in my family did something, you know, uh, music, teaching Sunday school, all that good stuff. That was me always at church. And like the the pastors, I guess people call it PK, like a pastor's kid. But I was mm-hmm. like a, a G, GPK, grand, grand pastor's Grimper. grandkid, <laughs> PGK, whatever. Um, PGK. But PGK, there you go. Yeah, yeah, Sounds like a rapper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I grew up in um, and, you know, had to wear 
um, them long skirts and veils and mm. bring, you know, Bible coins if you bring your Bible, if the boys wear a tie. So, um, yeah, definitely in more, more of like a, like a rule following, don't wear jewelry, don't paint your nails. I mean, you know, when I was six, seven, I was painting my nails, but, um, yeah, definitely didn't do a lot of that. Um, that but I, that, that reminds me of a video you posted one time of you putting your sister's makeup on. Oh my god, that makes a lot of sense. You yeah. probably should stay away from the makeup. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I I know nothing about makeup. I know zero. I like every time me and my friends like when I was growing up, we you know girls love to get ready, put their makeup on, and um, it's like it's like an event. Like you go over to each other's houses early, like like or like hours early so you can just get ready you know pick out your outfit and i would always just like be sitting on the couch chilling like up until like five minutes before we had to go and i just like put myself on because i'm just i'm not into that i don't know how you know what some girls really don't need makeup yeah they don't need makeup they, they it, it actually ruins their face i love and that you said some girls, some like, girls. A- <laughs> assuming that most girls gotta have makeup <laughs> and, and, and uh, whoa, whoa. Mar- marina tells me this uh, i think she got it from your grandma mm-hmm. and she said uh, or no from your grandpa he said it over the pulpit one oh, time yes. oh yeah uh, <laughs> yeah he was like oh yeah one of those he's he's like well if the barn needs painting yeah you know yes. it's like he said even the old barn needs a fresh coat of paint every yeah, once in a while yeah. mm-hmm. Ooh, man know, yeah it's that funny. went over not very well you know and i come from a traditional background as well and i didn't grow up in it but i definitely in my my, my faith walk i did grow up in that and and yeah so i can you know i can i can only imagine let me let me defend him i think what he was trying to say applies to men too which is you know take care of yourself come here you know like he he, he had on a nice suit uh, last Sunday when and he you know preached, what he you know. told me I said man you're looking sharp he says well if you're gonna be a preacher you need yeah. to look like a preacher yeah you know so t- he's saying take care of his, put on your good clothes you know look good so for girls that usually a lot of times includes makeup but, but I think that's all the time. but yeah, yeah. the way he said it yes definitely comes across context <laughs> is everything oh man yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no. So like, how was that? And I, we use in in church circles, we use the term uh, <clears throat> legalistic, and I know that's kind of like a, I don't know, you know, it's kind of like a derogatory term sometimes whenever you're talking about that, and and it, it gets very tense whenever you're talking to people that are, are of that expression, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but how how was like really quick? If you can sum it up real quick, how how was because Elam were not like that, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, actually, the first time the first time I showed up to Elam, I, I, you know, again, like I was eleven or twelve years old, walking into Sunday school, and uh, I was the only one with a long jean skirt in there, and I was like, "This is awkward." She's like, "Y'all bunch of sinners in here." <laughs> I was like, "Bro, I need to go back home and put my pants on." Jeez, I didn't know you could wear pants here. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I think. If you would have asked me that question, maybe, I don't know, five, six years ago, I would have been like, it was awful. Like it, you know, brought me to a place that was like, you know, it turned me away, you know, from a lot of believers and what I thought Christianity was. But but now I think I see it's it's more of it's a more it's more of a mix. Um, and so a lot of it, um, I think just like how some of that um, just instilling instilling the like very, yeah, like you're saying legalistic, like. Part of that was very, um, yeah, it did kind of, I think, push me away and just make me, I mean, you've heard it before, like, oh, check, checklist Christianity, you know, like, I just got to do all these things. But in the same way, the fact that my parents so strongly believed that I, you know, needed to be there and they, they needed to raise their, their house up, you know, after, after, 
Christ, I think that part of it also just, it really built the foundation. So I don't know if the proper term is double-edged sword maybe, or just yeah. like, you know, it's just a mix of, of some of that was like, yeah, it really made me question, um, why am I doing this? Why am I, you know, spending three, four, five days out of the week at church? Um, like, is it because, you know, like my family's going, is it because they're pushing me or is there, like, there's gotta be a bigger reason why. And actually like maybe when I was like 15, 14, 15, there was a point where I just didn't believe anymore. Um, and, and I don't want to blame it on that. Like I said, like, I don't think it's like, it's good that I think I was raised in that environment in a certain way. Um, but, um, yeah, there was just a point where I really had to like, it was for like a year where I just like didn't believe in God. And there's a lot of backstory to that, but, um, I, I, it really, like, I really had to challenge myself to like read the Bible and understand why is it that like my family so firmly believes this? And why is it that some Christians like say one thing and do another, like, well, what, what is the point to all of this? And so, yeah, I think being raised in that environment definitely helped me kind of form, you know, you know, just the reason why I choose to be a Christian. Right. So. And, and that conversation is, 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 I think, is super important for us to have because there's psychological effects that can happen whenever we're, we're looking at, at this. Because even in this room, there's already um, there's a couple uh, of generation uh, differences. Right. right? Nikki uh, is you're not a millennial. You are like an older generation Z. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and if you don't know any of that, look it up on Google. Um, I'm but, 23. Just, yeah, just yeah. That, well, so I'm age. 45 and then it goes all the way down to 23. So there's, you know, 20 years difference right. uh, between us. So And then what everybody was, you know, whoever was behind the pulpit also, that, that generation that was preaching is not necessarily even that generation that they were in. That's some old school stuff there. Right. So. You know, uh, you're talking about how whenever you were you, you came to Elam and, 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 and your story is, is the story of a lot of people. They come into these different expressions of, of faith. Right. And these the, the different people, different cultures, uh, 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 the culture of the church is what I'm talking about. The, right. the culture of the church is completely different. And um yeah, then people are faced with that decision or, or they're, they're trying to figure that out in their head. Like what? What really do I believe? Check this Christianity because I did this. That makes me a Christian. But what I why why I bring this up is that I find this uh, this chasm that is very hard to traverse between uh, between the more traditional side and those that would consider some consider themselves more progressive contemporary Christianity type people, and 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 and. and us as a church, we really need to speak to that crowd because now that crowd is not necessarily they're rebelling against their parents for bringing them to church all the time, and they're not. They're just like, well, that was them, and this is us, and then they find themselves in this really weird space of time for a couple decades, and then they get back to it. And uh, yeah, it's just a very relevant thing uh, for sure. So on. on- on top of that, on top of the very structured and kind of some hard beliefs that you were dealing with in church, you also went to a Christian private school, right? <laughs> I did. So do you think that had like, because you were flooded from every direction that you didn't even almost like have an outlet anywhere to even explore anything else? For did you sure. think that kind of... Yeah. Kind of molded some well, some of those ideas. Before you answer that, so I know you said you came to Elam around like eighth grade ish or something. Seventh grade, like, yeah, seventh yeah, grade. Right, right so, there. but you said you already had those 
like legalistic teachings or whatever. Mm-hmm. So did you go to a different church before or where where did that like come from? Did it come just from your parents and like where did they get it from? Yeah, so so I would say that that mostly came from from I mean, the church that we had gone to, which was the church that my all of my family went to. Mm-hmm. Um and even within that there's just like a bunch of other churches that are kind of in that same denomination same kind of branch. were they like Pente- pentecostal or what? apostolic pentecostal okay, gotcha. very mm-hmm. similar which is funny because like elam is is like pentecostal based mm-hmm. um yeah but they're like non-denomination right yeah, right so right. it's like upc apostolic and then us mm-hmm. like yeah, way all the different down there categories i don't know then, you know jesus yeah 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 um so sp- speak on the uh right speak on the private school and kind of being mm-hmm. flooded from all directions. Yeah, I I definitely think yeah, that's a good way to put it, like not not having an avenue to explore kind of myself. I mean, I at the private school. So I also started going to that private school also in 7th grade. 7th grade was a very interesting. Wow. I mean, it is for everybody, you know, yeah. you're, you know, puberty and all that stuff. Um, but I mean, my parents took me out of school like in the middle of the year like November just boop, and put me in into that school and so um, yeah, I, I mean, we had Bible class. I had Bible class every single day from seventh grade to when I graduated high school. Did so, that feel like a chore? Uh, oh yeah, for sure. For sure. We had, you know, memory work and quizzes on acts and all that good stuff. And so it definitely, I definitely became numb to it. I mean, it's so easy when you, when you're hearing it every single day. Because, I mean, you know, there's nothing special about kind of what you're saying about like the CGI stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if we see stuff like that all the time, oh, Jesus, come down a big cloud. I mean, I see that all the time. You know, it's a big deal. Yeah. So I don't know. I think definitely had to, um, I don't know, just take myself out of it. And, and and so kind of how that happened, like I started having doubts about um, just a supreme being even existing and, and all of that it kind of happened around. Yeah, like I said, high school, mid high school. And so, um, but like the thing is like, I wasn't turning to my Bible class for help. I wasn't turning to, you know, honestly, I should have been turning to the church, but, um, I mean, I was just like, I, I like, I don't know. I had just been exposed to everything so much. I was just so numb and it's like, Oh, I mean, I already know all this stuff. So like, why do I, why do I not think it's real? And so, um, but, um, yeah, I think definitely what you're saying, like just being overwhelmed with all of it and. Um, which is tricky because, I mean, you can't really have too much of Jesus, you know what I mean? But also there gets, I mean, you know, human nature, like we're going to become, you know, like just going to at some point go over our heads if we hear it every day. So I think there's a mystery of the unknown, right? So if you're being flooded just by one direction, there's going to there's always going to be a mystery about something that you don't know, which is going to attract you that direction, um, even if you have a solid foundation. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Adam and Eve garden thing, you know. Right. God doesn't want you to know what He knows. So, so you moved into high school. You started having some doubts about if there was a God or even a higher being. How did you get through? How did you get through that time? Because at at this point, you've been here at Elam for, uh, you know, several couple two or three years at that point. Um, I think that was you here when Chad was here. I was. So you went through your second youth pastor. So that was a transition all at the same time and all that. Um, but 
somewhere you went through that transition to talk to us about that transition and then we'll, we'll, we'll keep moving. Yeah. Um, so for me, actually, that's kind of like probably like the bulk of my like testimony, like Jesus testimony, you know, kind of thing. I mean, you know, it's always ongoing, but, um, when I was, yeah, 15, I'll, I'll try to go through this as briefly as I can, but, um, I saw passion of the Christ super weird what it did to me. So I saw it and I was like, man, this just turned the gospel really like Holly Hollywood for me. And, and all of a sudden I was just like, is that even real? Like that doesn't even, and so it kind of had the opposite effect for me. I saw passion of the Christ and I was like <laughs> deconverted. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I, I just, for like that next year and a half, like slowly, yeah, I can take some communion right now. Um, but for the next year and a half, I was just constantly questioning everything. And, and it turned into, to, to, um, just questioning, you know, big spiritual questions like the meaning of life and like, where do I go after I die? And like all these things that like, you know, people talk about all the time or not people don't talk about all the time, but like those like hot you know, questions that, you know, um, but I, they were actually like driving me insane. And, and there were just points where I was just like in a really deep pit of just like a depression and like not wanting to do anything. Cause I mean, I had been almost like suffocating in all of this, you know, Jesusness, which that's a really weird way to put that. But, um, and so now all of a sudden that I didn't think it was real, like, what is there? Like I, nothing else really means anything. And so, um, I started, so for like a year and a half, I didn't say anything to anybody. It was just like, uh, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, like pretty like outgoing, like, you know, like to blah, you know? Um, and so I, I did a really, really good job of, of pretending and just, I didn't even know until it was all over with. Yeah. I was, was crazy about it for fa- me. Faking all of it. And just, cause I mean, I knew how to do it. You know, I knew how to go to church and I've been doing it since I popped out the womb. So like, you know, what's different. Um, and yeah, it took like, yeah, like I said, like a year and a half for me to finally, Um, I remember my mom pulled into the driveway and she asked me or I asked her kind of out of nowhere for her, for me, you know, always been on my mind. And I was just like, how do you even know that like God is real, that he exists? And she was like, wait, what? Because, you know, to her, I'm just like this like perfect little angel. That's not true. I, you know, but, you know, she's like, like, I get down. (laughs) (laughs) I got a pass. (laughs) Six years old. but, um, But. Yeah. And she was just like super taken aback and like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't, I don't understand. And so like, she took me for a drive and I was just like crying, just like letting out all of these emotions and questions and and fears and securities and doubts and, um, just pure confusion and, and hopelessness, just thinking that there was nothing really more because, you know, I, had told myself just believe the lies that like God isn't real and Jesus doesn't exist and he doesn't love you. Um, and so just believing that for so long, well for me, you know, just, it was a long time. (laughs) Um, yeah, it was just, I was ready to, to just like, I wanted to claw my way out of there, but I couldn't do it myself. Um, and so, um, flash forward, I mean, for the next few months, I actually even came in and talked to, to pastor Ron, who was a pastor at the time. And, he talked to me about some just like had a lot of theological questions and that at that point and like trying to explain the Trinity. I'm like, I don't get the Trinity. So I don't believe in Jesus, you know, <laughs> just like stuff like that. And, um, but actually the kind of like my, I guess 
for a lot of people, you know, it's not one moment, but for some people it is, you know, like this one moment. And for me, it, it was, um, like I mentioned earlier, like I would have grabbed a journal or something on my way out of the burning house. I like to journal a lot. And so, um, I went to the toilet. That's my, my place, my throne, you know, mm-hmm. that's where I do all my really deep thinking and I have all my intense, you know, emotional moments. Um, right. and so, yeah, I, I went to the toilet. I, you know, finished pooping a long time ago. So I'm just sitting there at this point and I'm journaling and I start journaling, um, the story of the Bible and the story of, um, like I remember writing down Adam and Eve and like God created the earth, like God created Adam and Eve. And I was just writing and writing like the things that I'd been taught my whole life that were true, but I didn't was like struggling to believe. And I didn't know why. And, um, and I was just, like, you know, like I'd said, like for this past, you know, year and a half, I was just searching and searching for answers. I didn't really know what those were, but I was, I was searching for them. And, um, and so I kind of entered that journal entry process looking for like, I think like intellectual answers or just like answers, like I said, like to the Trinity or something. And, and I wanted God to explain to me why this or why that. Yeah. Yeah. Super simple. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about it. Um, but by the end of it, I was just like in tears, writing like man jesus died for me like he loves me he 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 is hope like he is real like he exists god exists and like i i really i mean i was gonna say i can't explain it but i'm kind of trying to explain it right now but i just like i just remember searching for those like different answers and then finding finding truth finding love finding hope instead of, you know, like the answer is X, Y, and Z. It's like not X, Y, and Z. It's, it's, you know, it's Jesus, it's hope, it's, it's, it's forgiveness, it's grace, it's the gospel. And so like, I was just finding, yeah, I just found that instead of, and you know, that's really, really brief and I could probably talk about it longer, but in a nutshell ish, um, that's kind of how that process happened. And and it definitely took, yeah, some, self not self-exploration but like it it took me to look on my own you know to to go look at this what I knew my whole life to to look at it myself and kind of decide for myself did you say what your mom said when she took you on the drive um no I don't think I did uh I think we just talked about it like I think she was just letting me cry and listening and you know she didn't say God is real because of this you know like I think at that point she was just really like confused did it help at all it, it def- going on the drive or was it just like <laughs> no yeah i mean no it, did, answers. it did it did it did i i think just because no it's i'm like glad, I'm glad right you asked there, that right? yeah. <laughs> um yeah so after that i like missed a big piece but um i mean after that i kind of started the process of just like beginning to ask questions and seek help kind of and like not try to do it on my own um and and the thing is or i think God kind of saved me through, I mean, through Jesus, duh, but like through other people and like having people who really truly believe in him, like, and who love me as well, like kind of guiding me through, well, like you're going through this. I'm here for you. I want to listen. I care for you. I love you. And I know this is the answer, even though you don't think that right now, like I'm going to do my best to just be there alongside you kind of thing. And so on that drive, I don't remember exactly what she said, but I just remember her being there and like, me finally like you know just exhaling all of that out i think that's super important especially when we're walking through people um when they're having doubts about it to not suffocate suffocate them with stuff that they're not believing at that moment 
Let them know, hey, listen, I love you for who you are. Let's walk through this together. We'll take our time. If you just want to be friends right now, let's get through this piece of it. But don't just put so much more on them that they're going to like back up and say, no, I don't want that right now. Yeah. Um, but so many times as Christians, we're like, oh, yeah, no, you need more Jesus. <laughs> and sometimes that's not always the right answer at that moment. That the, that moment will come, but sometimes people just need to be loved. You know, sometimes they need to be uh, befriended. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. I, and when you were talking about that, it it's so biblical is what you were saying. The word says, write down a vision or the people are of Paris. She was over there journaling, you know, she was mm-hmm. writing down those things. And, and then what happened? Those things become real and, and, and living uh, because she was writing it down. And, and then also says, you you know the word by hearing, mm-hmm. you know, and there's some things when you was reading those things back, you're hearing yourself read those things and mm-hmm. become living again, you know, mm-hmm. um, very, very good. Inspirational there, yeah. that, that piece. So uh, if we can just kind of fast forward just a little bit. Uh, so you encounter the Savior's grace, you know who he is, and then now, you know, with that, you know that he is, he's, he's calling you, he's motivating you. Now you're out of high school or, or transitioning out of high school now, um, uh, how how did the Spirit lead you from that point on to where you're at now, which is, if you know Nikki's story even a little bit, uh, she is everywhere doing everything, and she is so on fire for God. It is very inspirational to see this young lady uh, serving God. Um, but, like, how how did that transform you? How did that mm-hmm. process well, – how did it light a fire under you, so to speak? So before you go there, so you, so you graduated high school, you had an opportunity to go away to college, I did. but you decided to stay home. Did you like? Did you like try to like research me? I know I'm not anywhere, but like you're just like rem- <laughs> like remembering all this. Remember, stuff about you me. were I'm my like, youth. Yeah, it was yeah. my job to know who you are. Uh, no, I mean I I, I remember these things. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, you were one of my favorites. So, I mean, oh, you uh, can say that again. If you want. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, we I all just, knew it. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> Everybody knew it. No. Uh, and, cause, and then I remember, cause you, I mean, you had a conversation about it, um, about going or, or staying. Right. And, and then, so you decided to stay. Yeah. So your journey at that really, that yeah. moment, that decision to stay kind of changed things. Oh yeah. Uh, outlooks and different things for yeah. you. So actually I, I was uh, telling, so this past Wednesday we did our little at, at the youth. Um, we did breakout groups like with different age groups and the youth and uh, um, I'm helping out with the seniors and I actually just told them this story, you know, just this past week, but um, with yeah. Exiting high school. I was actually going to go to, Abilene Christian University, which is seven hours away from here, small private Christian school, same as, you know, my private school in, in, in high school, something I was very used to and was excited for just because like, you know, I, 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 I guess I kind of knew what I was getting into, you know, and, and in my head, I'm like, oh, it's a Christian school. Everyone's Christian, which is so not true. But, you know, at the time I'm like, oh, they have chapel and stuff. So um, <laughs> I'm going to go to chapel. <laughs> um, and so I was totally set on going and I uh, actually had a conversation with Pastor Caesar, who's 
Sitting right next to me. It's funny uh, how I'm, I'm just sitting here with like these people who have actually played huge roles um, and where I'm at, where I'm at today. But um, I had a conversation with him. I don't even think he was a youth pastor yet. Um, and uh, just helping out. Yeah. Just playing drums back there. And um, just a drummer. <laughs> yeah. Just the drummer. Um, cool. But um, he yeah just sat me down and, and just started like talking to me about. I don't know if you know Pastor Caesar. Caesar just come up to you and be like, "I have this vision," or not, you know, not a vision, but just like I have this. Right, and then like, it's like three gonna... hours made of. <laughs> <laughs> I, was a, I was about to say, I have never said the words. I've had this vision. No, not, not vision, but just along the line. I don't know, just like I don't know, pretty um, encouraging and just motivating, and like you're capable of doing this and this, and I want you like. I don't know. I just, it, it was, it was a good conversation. And, and he was basically just telling me like, you know, you can do whatever you want. Like you, you can make the choice to go over there. You can stay here. Like, I'm not telling you to do either one. Um, but, um, he, I just remember him saying like, if you do stay here, like there is a place for you here. Like God's going to use you here. Um, and like, there's so much happening, you know, there's so much is going to happen in the next few years. And like, you can like help, you know, pioneer, you know, the next generation or whatever stuff like that. that's not exactly what he said, but along the lines. And, and I never heard him say, you know, stay here. But the whole time, like I was hearing Nikki stay in Houston, stay here. Um, and so honestly, and I'm going to say it's because of Caesar that I stayed here, but that conversation, like really honestly was like a, a pivot of like, I'm not going to Abilene anymore. I'm going to stay here. Um, and so it's just really crazy, um, to see her mom thinks you, yeah, honestly, seven hours, bro. That's so far away. Um, and there's nothing in Abilene, y'all. Like, it's so empty. Anyways, I love Houston. Just um, chapel. <laughs> just chapel. Right, so you decided to stay. You got started getting involved with different groups out there. Yeah. Uh, yes. So tell us about that. Um, sure. So, sorry, I don't want to like completely ignore your question. I know. No, no, it feeds guys, right into yeah, what we're I talking guess, about. So um, you keep going. Um, but so I actually, um, I went club hopping when I first got there. I went cr- Christian club hopping. Oh. Like Pentecostal uh. clubs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so me and my roommate, um, just were trying out different organizations and, um, just, I don't know. I wanted something to get plugged into because University of Houston, I was living on campus. So I wasn't, you know, commuting back and forth. I was living there trying to experience the college life, all that good stuff. And which I loved. Um, I really did. Um, and I have my parents to thank for, you know, you know, spending. real quick. I loved your college experience too. Because <laughs> I went to the same school and yeah. we had completely different experiences. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I, I wanted Nikki's experience. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm super lucky, blessed, whatever you want to use blessed for sure. Um, to have had the college experience that I did have. I mean, it wasn't easy, but, um, I think, yeah, just God put some incredible people around me and just a, Friends that honestly, like, really, really love him. Um, and I mean, when you go to college, like, who, I mean, honestly, when you go anywhere, like, whoever you hang around with, like, you're gonna, you know, that's who you're gonna be eventually, like, someone said, or people say, you know, top five people that you know or you're closest with, like, that's who you are, kind of thing. Um, but I mean, I was going to UH and I was like, well, this is not a private Christian school. This is a public massive school that is by no means Christian at all. Um, And so that was kind of another I think that was the first time where I even had to like environmentally like 
put myself in a place that was, or like kind of choose for myself, like to follow Jesus, if that makes sense. Um, because I'd like, you know, keep talking about, I've been, I'd been in it my entire life, submerged in it. And so college, it's like, well, I could be whoever I want to be, you know? Um, uh, but you know, I still wanted, you know, be, you know, Jesus and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, I got involved with a Christian organization called a crew, which used to be called campus crusade for Christ, um, established in 1951. Anyways, I got this whole <laughs> spiel, but, um, yeah. And so, yeah, I found a really, uh, I don't know, just an awesome group of people there who were very, very welcoming and very, um, just challenging, challenging to me in, in my faith as well. And, um, just really cared for me in a way that, um, I don't know. I don't want to say that I'd never been cared for before because, you know, I love the people here and like Marina prime example of someone who's like cared for me in crazy ways, you know, even before college, but, um, just like, I don't know, people, I guess my age, maybe for the first time where I was like, wait, you want to hear my story? What does that even mean? Like, I don't even know. Like, you know, people would ask me to coffee and want to, want to know about my life. And I'm like, I've never really done that with people before. And so, um, I don't know. They just definitely cared for me in, in a new way. Um, and there were just a lot of opportunities with them that I, um, got to, yeah, kind of explore, um, I don't know, just different ways to share Jesus and, um, and just have fun. I mean, you know, it's not lame and everything, you know, being a Christian could be, could so, be fun. So, so what is the crew or a crew? Or, crew yeah. yeah what, um, what is that? It is a, gosh, I feel like I have to. You so don't have to go is, like deep detail. <laughs> just tell us, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a camp, it's a campus ministry. It's worldwide. Um, actually like, um, oh, I'm blanking out on everything that I've ever known, but, um, there's just a lot of like smaller, um, branches, um, the, Josh McDowell Ministries. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. who that is, but that's like a branch of crew athletes and action or faith, something like all these different things are um, a branch of Campus Crusade. Um, and so, and they send people, you know, all over the world. And that's what I did with them. And um, yeah, so I mean, they're basically a campus ministry focused primarily on college students and, and creating college um, movements. Um, but uh, they, they've kind of morphed into like other, there's like a, uh, African-American branch of crew and like a Latin American. And, um, like, it's like I said, athletes and stuff like that, but so which one did you part of just like the, the main crew. Okay. You didn't have, you wasn't in the Latin <laughs> one. Nah, man, nah. I mean, you know, they talked to me about it a couple of times. Like, hey, why don't you start that? I'm like, what you mean? I'm trying to make this one diverse. Like, don't push me away. <laughs> so you kind of got involved with that. And then you decided, Hey, I want to make the big leap and we're going to go on a missions trip. Yeah. And it's not going to be one of those weekend ones. It's going to, it's going to take a little minute. More than seven hours away. Yeah. More yeah. than seven hours. Tell us about how that came about. Yeah. And, not seven hours. It was 15 hours. And then to get back here, it was 24 hours. Wow. So it was rough. Um, but on, oh my gosh. On a bus, on a scooter, on a plane. On a, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> um, I mean, I did have an electric scooter over there. So yeah, I, I went to East Asia. Um, and so, uh, I actually, um, was actually supposed to have barely been coming back to the States about a month ago, but because of the Rona, you know, I came back six, seven months early. Um, 
The Rona. The it's Rona. getting everybody out here. Battle of the Rona. <laughs> yeah, we need a hot key for that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was planning on going over there for a year um, right after college. And so I, I headed over there. And, and, and so I had actually been um, a few years back my freshman year of college. And I fell in love with it. The people, the culture. Just, um, I think one of the biggest, um, well, I really love the food. I love, 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 love Asian food. Um, and so that was a big, you know, like, I'm going to go back because I know I'm going to enjoy, you know, what they got over there. Dumplings and rice and noodles. Um, I've seen but, that video. I've seen that video. Check her out on YouTube. <laughs> yes. Chef little plug. Um, I'm an awful chef. Don't trust me in a kitchen. But, um, yeah, I think one of the, the biggest things that really like changed my heart about going over there and wanting to go back was just the fact that I would talk to these students. So we went over and did kind of the same thing that we did, um, stateside. We would just, you know, college movements with students, um, or Christian movements, which over there, it's a little harder to do because it's not an open country. Um, and so, um, yeah, just hearing, students talk about their life and and how hard it was for us to go deeper because it was just so surface level which sometimes is the case here but like there there are points where there were points where like I would talk about like I would show them an app in their language that had the word spiritual and they didn't know what that meant they were like what does that mean like even in their language in their native tongue they had never heard that word before um and so just just it was bizarre and insane to me like the amount that they did not know about Jesus and about I mean well for them they associated you know Jesus with western you know western culture and so it was really hard to break out of that but once you you know once you said wait Jesus isn't from the west Jesus is from the middle east like he's closer to y'all than he is to us they were just like what no way and I think it just added like a just a sense of like reality and like Jesus isn't a fairy tale he's real wait, he's not a white guy I know right exactly. crazy he doesn't have <laughs> right. blue eyes he done what? jack Jesus up <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, it was just crazy to me how much they didn't know and and the fact that God would use me to like get to share that with them like no way like I'm not capable of that like I, I'm not qualified but um yeah I I was just I don't know I I loved it and, and I and I wanted to go back and so um that's kind of what I did you know the second time around went for a year um but I um went kind of like undercover um, and so I went as a, as a student we need to make a show under <laughs> undercovered Christian. Yeah. I feel like that's a thing. That's probably like a book or something. I think that's most people's lives. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so I went in as, as a language student and then, um, I would, and when I wasn't studying the language, I was out talking to students and just because like, kind of like we were saying, like just being there for them, like not immediately right off the bat, be like, Jesus loves you. Like, you know, cause that's weird. Um, but you know, just being a friend and asking them these questions that people never really asked them before. Like I remember asking one girl, like if you could choose any job you wanted to do, like a dream job. And money was no option. What would you do? And she could not give me an answer. She was like, I would be a doctor. And I'd be like, why? And she'd be like, because the money. And I'm like, no, no, no. 
no like money's not an option she's like uh i don't know like an engineer why because the money dude you don't get what i'm saying and just like some things that they like would have haven't thought about just kind of like similar to me like these things i'd been i'd been learning my entire life like same with them these are things they've learned their entire life and it's just hard to you know like try to bring something new sometimes and so um yeah i don't know it was cool i'd do it again i'd like to go back tell (laughs) us about um you know, a particular person that you kind of got to know and maybe you befriended and uh, you know, something how that, that kind of advanced as you was there. Yeah. Well, um, oh my gosh, I'm like, oh, I miss my friends. Ah, <laughs> I'm like thinking through all these people that, um, yeah, I honestly became really good friends with. And um, so, okay, I'll, I'll talk about one girl. She was probably, I was probably closest to her. Um, her name, well. Hey, who did, Peggy Sue. Yeah, Peggy, Peggy Sue. Sue. Man, that girl Peggy Sue. Yeah, that she, girl Peggy. <laughs> that boy. girl Peggy. Um, but she uh, had really good English, actually. And um, which is, well, they all know English because everyone learns English now, you know. Um, and so it's it's sometimes it's hard to talk to them, but sometimes, you know, you get lucky and they have like excellent English. Um, and so she um actually like the first or second conversation we had she started asking me about i mean she was starting to get political and we're like stay away from politics if you can or you know just try not you know but um she was asking me about um just like uh i guess at the time it 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 wasn't like as hot as hot of a topic as it is now but just like um segregation like like back like in i guess the 40s 50s she was talking about she was asking me questions about that and I was like this is kind of random for you to ask me about but um and just because like she hadn't really experienced that I mean I you know I wasn't alive in the 40s or 50s but you know we were you know taught some of that in school and and she was just asking me like well why is it that that happens like we're all the same and I'm like dude you have no idea (laughs) and so just like getting to explain to her and we weren't, I, you know, I wasn't getting spiritual with her. I wasn't talking about Jesus or anything quite yet, but just getting to like explain to her through the lens of Christ and through the lens of someone, you know, um, who was a follower of Jesus, like how, um, yeah, just how he loves everybody and, you know, all that good stuff. But, um, I don't know. I think the conversation after conversation was just like, and by the time I got to share the gospel with her, um, she, um, had so, 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 so many questions about who Jesus was. And, and the cool thing about doing this overseas, I mean, honestly here too, but we're in a place where not a lot of people know much, like they don't worry about, you know, like all those like really, I mean, tiny nitty gritty questions or like Trinity. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like me, like the the Trinity, but like, they're just like, they just want to understand the gospel and that's it. And they just want to know, like, why does he love me? Yeah. And, and you mean he loves me. Yeah. Like what it, is love. What is yeah. yeah? Baby don't hurt me, dude. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, and it was just crazy. Like how she was understanding so well and, and like tracking with me. And, and if she didn't understand something, she would ask a question like, okay, well then why did Jesus have to die? If like God, you know, knew because it was going to happen, you know, just like these questions that like seem really simple, but are you know like if you haven't heard it your whole life like of course you're gonna ask them and and by the end of it she i mean she didn't um come to believe but 
even now, like I FaceTime her when I was over here and she knows like she can ask me questions even like I'm that one friend, you know, across the world. But like I'm that, you know, one Christian right. friend that like, talks about, you're you like planting them seeds and yeah. yeah and, and that's so important to remember because when you're over there, like people aren't, you know, honest, I mean, wherever you are, like people aren't just going to like, I was snapping, you know, people aren't just going to like convert you know right. i mean sometimes but like and, and it's so hard especially if that's like your job like that's what i was doing as a job like i was teaching people about jesus and like when you don't see like you know that fruit automatically it's like well am i even doing my job mm-hmm. you know and so you have to remember like well am i getting them a step closer you know am i just moving them a little bit over to the right and so um and if you're doing that you know yeah you're doing your job so hashtag pray for peggy Right. Pray for Peggy, for dude. Sure. dude I think awesome. that's kind of been one of the themes to our podcast over the last few weeks is the relationship, building relationships so you can speak into somebody's life. So when you do speak, um, they will hear you, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you come back, the Rona hits you, took this 24-hour trip back home. Mom and dad were like crazy, crazy concerned when all this stuff hit over there. They was wanting Nikki back home to the States. You finally get here. Oh, man, I did not want to come And then what happened? And then you produced this crazy video of you coming back to the youth, and there's Steve. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and you, like, jump right into ministry with, uh, yeah. with, the, with the youth, and you've been killing it, girl. Thanks. Um, <laughs> definitely killing it with everything you've been doing. So uh, talk to us about the transition back home. Oh, gosh. And what God's uh, been doing in your life since you've been home. Yeah. Um, well, the transition home was awful. Um, <laughs> it was so bad. Um, I just didn't want to come home. Like like I said, like we learned they were going to tell us on March 16th if we were going to stay. So we, we and for two months, we were kind of camping out in Thailand. It sounds really glorious. It kind of was a little bit, parts of it. You know, it I saw videos. You were hanging out with monkeys. I mean, it looked pretty cool. I mean, yes. But, I mean, we had left our apartments with two weeks worth of clothes. And then all of a sudden, we hadn't been home in two months. And so it's like, okay, well, when are we going to go back? And then finally on the 16th of March, they were like, you're not going back. And so we had four days to mentally prepare and be like, okay, we're going back to the States. Um, and it was just awful. I did not want to come back. I the only one of the only good things about coming back outside of the food, um, which even then food is really, really cheap in Thailand. So I had to come back like I was spending a dollar on a meal, like lit- like legitimately a dollar, less than a dollar. And I was coming back and mm. had like Uber Eats for like 20 bucks. Psych. Like I'm not doing that. Right. Can't um, even get out because the Rona's killing But yeah, it was really hard. Just. Oh, but yeah, like I was saying, like one of the good things about it was that I got to see Juan, my boyfriend. Um, I think hey, congratulations, oh, right? Thank you. Girl got a ring on her yes. finger. Well, it's getting resized right now. Yeah. So it's not on my finger, but well, yeah. I was so going to say something about it, but then I saw that the ring wasn't there and I said, maybe I didn't hear the whole story. <laughs> oh, no. And I should not bring this up. But <laughs> glad to hear it. That's why we brought up. I, I get nervous when I went, because this is my second time getting resized. I just can't get it right. But um, I, when I came to church, on Sunday I was like what if people look at my finger and they're like wait where to go oh oh, what happened so now I'm like and now that happened to you I'm like geez I I was like maybe I didn't hear it right when (laughs) I did hear the story she asked me earlier if I like did research or whatever I did look at your social media what you've been doing in like the last few (laughs) days uh, and I did see like the current picture so I was pretty certain Mm -hmm. unless it just happened 
Yeah, but they still yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, getting to see him because long distance dating is the worst, especially when you're 7,000 plus miles away and the time zones are, you know, 12, oh, 13 wow. hours. It was only because of Jesus. Y'all stayed together. Honestly, dude, it was. Yes. Amen. <laughs> it was hard. It was so hard, but it was definitely worth it. Um, but when I got back, I couldn't even see him because I had to quarantine. And so I was like, it's been eight, nine months but I can't even see you because Corona. And so that was hard and just not even getting to see family and friends. And, you know, people talk so much about, you know, your homecoming and getting to go back, you know, all the people overseas, they're like, when you go back, like you get to have, you know, like finally get to eat Chick-fil-A or you finally get to, you know, mm-hmm. walk into a church. Cause we didn't go to church over there. Cause you know, not really the thing you do. And, um, I didn't even get to come to church. Like, you know, it, it had been eight, nine months since I'd been in a church and I got back, to Houston and I still couldn't go to church. And, um, so it was just, you know, people were complaining about, you know, a month not being at church. I was like, y'all, I ain't been at church in a year. Come on now. But no, but really like, (laughs) (laughs) um, no, but it is tough. Like even, even four weeks, like if you're going every week and those are your, like your people, like it's hard. Um, and so, um, yeah, the transition was rough and, and it was, I was definitely bitter for, for, for a while. I mean, you know, like a few weeks, just really, really, I mean, longer probably, but, um, just, well, we got some great content out of it. Like you cooking in the kitchen. Yeah, during quarantine. And I your, just, your parents yeah. dancing to some like Footloose or something yeah. like that. There was some great stuff that came out of that. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah so. And pause real quick. I just want to brag on my boy, uh, uh, Juan. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic uh, gentleman you have there. Whenever you were over there in East, uh, in the East Asian places, um, he he was coming to Elam with Nikki. Um but after she left, then that's when he really started coming to Elam. Yeah, I noticed that. And he got connected. He befriended the people here. And now, you know, we we would be less of a church without For him. Sure. You know, and I I think that's just a big brag on Jesus because of what he does. You know, we've kind of heard Nikki's life just kind of unfolding these last, uh, you know, these last 40, 50 minutes. And uh, but just to see this happen just organically and see the hand of the Lord on her life. It's been it's been crazy. It's just it, it's fun to see that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. So you're back. Corona's over. We're not or uh, not over, but they kind of opened the city back right. up. We started going back to church. Yeah, started working with the youth. How's that going? I mean, I was so glad that I got to come back and just even see people. I mean, I didn't get to hug people. Like I said, like people are talking about coming home and getting to hug your people at the airport. It's like, I get to see nobody. So that you know, stinks. But finally and then when getting, y'all got out of the airport and there, everybody's like, oh, no, here comes all the people that are from the East Yeah, East <laughs> yeah they're Quarantine. scared of us. <laughs> um, but um, no, it's been really, really good. And, and honestly, I... Yeah, it kind of, you know, Caesar is saying, like, it's only because of Jesus. Like, I got out of there, not a lot, you know, just the fact that I am still, I don't know, like, it was really, it was a cool experience overseas, but it was hard. It was really hard. And, and just, like, getting to see how God kind of moved me back and just plugged me right back in. Back you know? into trap. And I just, like, like almost not, not nonstop, just, like, I don't know, right off the bat, like, I was... um I don't know, just wanting to help and just wanting to be around people who, I don't know, I hadn't been around in, in so long. And, and um, 
also just getting to see a different side of, of ministry because I mean, college age is, is different, especially college age, you know, people from another country. That's like very different from like, you know, a 15 year old, you know, I don't know, girl from Pasadena, Texas, you know, and then it was just like, even though those are so different and like how you reach those people is, is different. Like it's still like God's still the same and like, you're still doing the same thing. And so, um, yeah, even though I was using different avenues to, I don't know, get back into ministry, I guess, if that makes sense. Like I was, I don't know, still, following jesus i don't know i feel like i keep saying that but that's really all there is to it i don't know super important right (laughs) that's simple we can't forget that one Uh, so you are super connected here i mean your dad's a board member you and your sister and your mom's been so faithful for for the longest time um so what now are you still going to school um, what's, what's your, what, yeah. what do you kind of see um, what God wants you to do in in the future? My gosh. Well, um, so I am not in school. I graduated 2018 December. Um, so man, I have my, you old. I, yeah, right. man. <laughs> uh, I, uh, have my degree in communications, broadcast journalism, in case everybody wants to know, you know, start sending my resume out. If well, you I'll know. tell you what, if James don't pick it up, maybe we'll just slide you over in his seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, um, that's kind of what, what I, what I studied and, and I really think there have been a lot of opportunities, like even with the church, um, and here with the youth, like getting to, to use parts of what I studied. I feel like it's so rare nowadays that you actually get a job in what you, you know, you studied, mm-hmm. but, um, I'm actually starting to see places where I can, you know, use, you know, the communications type, you know, social media marketing type, just, even create, just creating content. Like you're saying all those videos I made just for fun. Like I could, like I could do that for real, for real. You know what I mean? And, and, um, I honestly would be like a, like a dream just to like create things and, and, um, I don't know, I'm pretty artsy, you know, and I don't know, I think that would be super fun. And I'm getting to do that here at the church, just, you know, with like, um, the youth and posting videos and, um, but yeah, so that's kind of like, oh, and also I'm getting married. <laughs> um, so that's also what's next. That's weird. I haven't said that that much. I'm getting married. How, how long wow. has it been that you've been engaged? Uh, not long. Um, like two weeks. Um, and we're actually going to get married by the end of this year. Um, wow. Yeah, so pretty, you heard it here whoa. first. Pretty, the wow. refuge actually, project. Yeah, listen, listen man, if, if you need to, uh, like, Hurry the process on a little bit. Send your girl overseas for a few months, and she gonna come back ready for you. Oh my gosh, no! That is funny. Dating yeah. advice. So how, do, how did uh, <laughs> so how did pops take it? Like Give her a trip. I mean, I think so. <laughs> I, I knew that that Juan had had a conversation oh with him before. He told me I don't think he was supposed to. He was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you this, but I talked to your dad, so just you know, be ready. I was like, <laughs> that was that was a pretty good impression. <laughs> I mean, I got to go a little deeper, but yeah, yeah. That that's basically, and so I mean, I've been dating Juan for over three years, and so I mean, my dad knows him pretty well. I don't know. I think. Honestly, I don't know how personal we're supposed to be getting on this thing, but honestly, it's all you. It's your story. I feel like I mean this isn't really that personal, but I feel like my dad is like more like 
okay with it and like open to it and like excited for them my mom she'd be so mad if she heard this and she probably is going to but um i don't know my i feel like normally it's opposites you know dad's like oh my little girl but i feel like my mom's more like wait you're getting married when like what like so soon dad just wants to take your room and change it to (laughs) (laughs) did he tell you how the conversation went at all uh, he did. That's always pretty. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I love the way you think James. <laughs> I mean, okay. So what I know is that he took him out to Olive Garden. So that's already, you know, he took your dad out to Olive yeah, Garden. He took oh, my dad man, out he did the whole thing. Garden. He does love Olive Garden. Okay. So that's there you smart. go. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm trying to remember, honestly, I don't, re- I don't remember the details. How did he get your dad to agree to go to Olive Garden? He's just like, Hey, you want to go like, out sometime? Before? I don't know. I feel like he probably just called him up and was like, hey, I, I, I don't know. Me, I would be like, hey, do you want to no go idea. for a bike ride? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to go on a run? Sure. Yeah. Sure. yeah. No. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't honestly. Oh, that's going to get him. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> he's not, you are not going to run. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if that was the only way he could talk to the dad. Oh, if he really wanted that. Go you know. for a bike ride. Yeah, yeah. I, took my, I, I took my father-in-law to uh, Whataburger. Dang. I didn't even take Dang, mine out. Bro. I just went to his house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. I, I, I would have been like, boy, you ain't got no more money than this. Waterbury? <laughs> we all know our beloved pastor is a creature of habit. Yep. And he loves, he him, loves him some Waterbury. Water yeah, Sunday night especially. That's so funny. Yeah, actually, the first time, well, I guess this was yeah, three years ago, whenever we had first started dating, um, want, or to... Juan and, and my dad, my dad and Juan went and had a conversation um, to talk about like intentions because I hadn't really been communicating with my parents all that much. Like I've grown a lot in the last few years. That's, like, when, just, that's when the father shows the new boyfriend the gun. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And so um, he, he wanted to talk to Juan about like, OK, what are your intentions with my daughter? You know, that thing. Um, well, honestly, if I imitated my dad, it probably wouldn't sound like that. You know, people no. always say like, ah, I can't even do it. But um, <laughs> I can't. It's fine. Um, I don't hear it, but other people do. Whatever. Um, but he took him to McDonald's and like got himself a Coke. Or my dad was just sitting there drinking a Coke and like a Big Mac and one sitting there like super nervous, like just <laughs> not. Sweaty palms. Yeah. <laughs> my dad's just sipping on, just sipping on his Coke, but. Um, yeah, so I mean, I don't exactly know how the conversation all going went, but I assume it went well because mm-hmm. you know here yeah, you are, here got a ring on it. Yes, yes. Well, I, so. all I gotta say is, girl, I'm super proud of you. I'm, it's awesome to see what God has done in your life to this point. I know you got a bright, bright future, and I just can't wait to see uh, what's next for you. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, yeah. thanks so much for having me. I'm honored that y'all asked me. So, yep. So yeah, after thanks. our pastor, you were first on the list. We wanted to get you in here and get you talking. Oh, thanks, you guys. Because it makes our job easier because you know how to talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, Thank you. Right, right. <laughs> and then for all you grandparents that are listening, uh, yeah, if you <laughs> right out of nowhere, no, no, no. But this is, you know, I, I think this is super relevant. If you have any grandchildren, you have anybody that's in your family that. Um, they're dealing with these these questions of faith of how to navigate through through your life and all that. Share this, share this with them, would you? Uh, there's a lot of good content here. I, I uh, Pastor David was a youth pastor for many years. I'm a youth pastor now. This is what young people are thinking about. What are my next steps? What does my tomorrow look like? And then uh, trying to navigate all the anxieties of right now and trying to really find some steady ground. And there's there's just so much content and. And what we're talking about. And then also just a lot of hope. 
you know, trust Jesus. Just like Nikki said earlier, it sounds so simple. It is that simple. But, uh, yeah, we just got to be there. Yeah, so, yeah, share this. All right. Well, thank you guys for another great episode of The Refuge Project. You can find us on Twitter at Refuge Project, or you can reach out on Gmail at Refuge Project Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Love you.